however excited I was for myself, that was quickly kind of deflated when I realized the guy rode his bike out there was already on his way home by the time I finished my 10K. Diz Runs Radio, episode 548, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick, before we dive into today's episode, I don't have a quote-unquote official sponsor, which means that I can be the uh, official sponsor for today's episode. Uh, just a reminder, or maybe just telling you for the first time, that uh, you know the, the big thing that I do to keep the lights on is work with runners, runners like yourself, uh, who have a goal, trying to uh, achieve something, move move the ball forward, You know, keep making progress towards distance goals, pace goals, staying healthy goals, uh, whatever the case might be. Um, you know, I, I, I love working with people who are driven, who have a goal and uh, really want to you know do what it takes t- to get there. Um, I don't care necessarily how fast you are. I don't care necessarily how far you want to run. Um, what I look for in, in my clients and what I think I have a pretty good mix of right now are folks that, that really are just, you know, really working towards a goal. That's, that's all, that's all I really, really, uh, aim for with, with the folks I work with is somebody who's, who's going to be, be taking it serious and is going to communicate with me and let me know how I can best serve, serve them, serve, serve you as the runner. So, um, you know, if, as, as 2018 is going, if, if you're kind of maybe, plateaued, stalled out on your progress, or you're struggling with injuries or whatever the case might be. If you're, if you've got a goal out there that you want to really work towards and, uh, not sure kind of what the best way is to get there, uh, let me know. Let's, let's have a little conversation. You can head over to disruns.com slash coaching to just find out all of my kind of thoughts when it comes to coaching. Um, and near the bottom of that page, uh, there's, there's some links to the various off offerings that I have, the different levels of coaching that are available. You can check those out. All the information is there pricing. You know, I'm not, I'm not one that's going to not tell you how much things cost. It's all, it's all out in the open. Uh, you can, you can check it all out. And if you have any, any questions, um, you can always let me know. So, uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, I bumped into today's guest on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and, uh, yada, yada, yada. I asked him if he'd like to join me for an episode of the podcast and here we are. Uh, he's raced a variety of distances, often uh, at the marathon distance or beyond, and has actually recently is in the you know just towards the end of 2017 uh, completed his first hundred mile race, which is uh, obviously quite the achievement. Uh, but perhaps the reason that I'm most excited for our conversation today is that he lists sarcasm as his love language in his Twitter bio. And uh, if there's if there's one thing that'll get me, you know, man after my own heart, talk about sarcasm. There there we go. So uh, anyway, without any further ado, it is certainly a pleasure to be able to welcome Mr. Tim Radke to the show today. Uh, thanks for joining us, Tim. Appreciate it. Thanks, Diz. I'm happy happy to be here today. Oh, good, good. Certainly looking forward to it. And uh, guys, if you want to connect with Tim and, and find out kind of what he's got going on and follow a lot of his, his running exploits uh, on the Twitters, the, the, the handle is probably the best place, and it's at up in out, just like it's, it's spelled, U-P-I-N-O-U-T, up in out on the Twitters. And uh, we'll have that linked up as, as we always do in the show notes. In today's show notes, you can find it, disruns.com slash 548. So, uh, Tim, the way we always start off the show is with uh, a very simple and straightforward question that for some folks, it's, it's a pretty simple, uh, you know, not hard to think about answer. And for some people, boy, it, it, uh, it feels like I'm turning the screws to them right from the, from the outset, which isn't, uh, certainly isn't the, uh, the intention, but sometimes it just happens. But that's just to, uh, to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? 
Wow, I would say my favorite distance to race is probably the 50K. I only have one 100 miler uh, under my belt, so I don't know that I could really speak to that in in any uh, loving kind of way just yet. (laughs) Uh, But 50K I like because it's not an unreasonable distance and you can kind of enjoy the destination wherever you're going to do the race and actually maybe still walk after the race. And so I like that because you can kind of hang out, get to know people. Uh, you can still walk and not hobble so bad depending on the terrain of the 50K. But 50K seems to just kind of be the, the sweet spot uh, for me that it's, it's long but not too long. And it's definitely going to always be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, as, as I've said many times when I've talked to ultra runners that, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm an ultra runner too. I've done, I've done the 150 K. Um, but, uh, I just, mm. I just, I just smile when, when somebody says, you know, the 50 K or even, even when the marathon sometimes, but, uh, I'm, I've accepted the marathon enough, but yeah, the, the long, but not too long, uh, thing is, is just funny to me because it's all relative, you know, for some people, shoot, a half <laughs> marathon is, is, would be considered long and it is long, you know, it, it, it is, it is, uh, long for all of us at one point, but you, know, you build to it and eventually, eventually, yeah, 50 K is, is a manageable distance. It just, it just makes that, me smile that's every time. Totally true. Totally true. Because I remember when I just started running back, it was probably like Oh four Oh six, somewhere in that area. And the thought after my first 5k of ever even running seven miles, the guy <laughs> who got me into running was like, Hey, let's do a seven mile. I'm like, that is insane. There's no way that I would do something like that. And so, you're right. It's totally relative. Uh, and you know, your training's usually going well, if you can kind of say, well, that was just a 20 miler, you know, that wasn't mm-hmm. too bad, but, uh, it's, it's totally relative. You're right. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I always try to, to make sure to mention that because I know, you know, we've got, I've got a wide section of folks that listen to the show and, and for some, you know, 50 K is, is just a, you know, that's not, a, it's not a bad distance. And for some, you know, it, it's, it's like 5 K is, is a, is a workout. So, uh, you know, you, you are where you are and, and if you ever want to go longer, you can, but if not, I mean, keep, keep enjoying the sport for whatever it is for you. Definitely. Definitely. And, and I don't mean, you know, uh, 50k is so manageable. I don't mean that in any kind of arrogant oh, way. To, right, right. To anyone who likes lesser, you know, shorter distances, I'm I'm totally supportive and encouraging of whatever it is that you love to do running. But hey, but it's it's a question is what's your favorite? So you know it, that's that's your favorite, and and uh, you know there's there's uh, nothing nothing wrong with that. You mentioned that uh, you know it was it was you know. 10, 15 years ago, something like that, that, that you, or I guess 15, 15 ish years ago that you got into the sport. Uh, how did, how did that, uh, that, that stone start to roll down the hill and get you to where you are today? How'd you, how'd you get started as a, as a runner? Well, you know, I moved, I, I was living in St. Louis at the time and moved to, uh, Lubbock, West Texas, and just got to know a guy who was a runner and, um, and asked, Hey man, do you want to try going out for a run or something like that? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. I need to do something. Cause at that point I wasn't really doing a whole lot of anything. And we just kind of slowly kept increasing distances and, and did our first 5k and, uh, then stepped it up and did a 10k. And I was so excited. The first 10k that I finished, I was like, I got second place and I'm like, man, this is awesome. I got second place in the 10k. Like, this is sweet. Maybe this will be a sport for me. Then on the way home, I realized that the guy who beat me had ridden his bike 30 miles out to the race and was already <laughs> halfway home by the time we passed him in the car. So 
however excited I was for myself, that was quickly kind of deflated when I realized the guy rode his bike out there was already on his way home by the time I finished my 10K. But nonetheless, uh, we kept going, and uh, he talked me into doing a marathon. And then for a little bit, I thought, well, maybe I'll try to maybe qualify for Boston or something along those lines. And then realized, like, my best marathon time was, like, I would need to run that when I'm age 65 to get into Boston. <laughs> and I thought, this is just not going to happen for me. Uh, and and then I, I probably took a little bit of time off. And then I did my first ultra, uh, which was the 2008 Ghost Town 38-and-a-half-miler uh, in the Gila National Forest in New Mexico. And that's kind of a crazy place. It's it's really cool and it's really pretty, but it's definitely an area where people don't really want to be found by anyone. It's kind of an mm. off the grid place, and and I thoroughly loved that run. And it was a really really good one. I made it like a fundraiser for uh, Children's Miracle Network and that kind of thing. And and it was just a really really good time. And I and I loved it. And then like after that. I was kind of like I didn't do anything running-wise for almost eight years after that. Wow. Not because of anything that happened there, but I got into CrossFit. I became an L1 certified CrossFit trainer and just kind of shifted focus. And And then in January of 2016, uh, I had kind of this episode. I just finished doing this funeral for this woman that was just a sweet, sweet woman uh, died of cancer, long battle, long fight. And I came out after the service just to let people know, like, we're going to have a meal, you know, in the fellowship hall, mm-hmm. you know, and, and join us over there. And like, all of a sudden it just felt like the world spun on me. Like it, like the room just moved kind of real wonky and it really rattled me. I was like, man, what was that? You know, it's a, I've never had anything like this or experienced anything like this. And that was on a Saturday. And then Sunday, I was back at church for for a service and was turning around to do one of the prayers in the service and just felt that feeling again of like dizzy, like I'm about to collapse and I don't know what's going on. And so like that led to a lot of testing. I went to the doctor. I went and saw a cardiologist, had all that stuff checked out. Uh, And it really scared me because never really had I not been able to control something that was happening with my body. Mm-hmm. You know, and it kind of freaked me out. So long story short, it rattled me to the core in my psyche and it got me to think about running again. And I thought, you know, could could I do anything like I was able to do before with the ghost town 38 and a half miler? It was a great kind of physical accomplishment. And and it rattled me so bad. I thought, I don't even know if I can do this kind of stuff anymore mm-hmm. after I got rattled. And uh, so in May of 2016, I started, I got, went and got some running shoes and started running again and thought, all right, you know, you can't start small. Right. So my overreaction (laughs) was I'm going to sign up for a 50 miler, you know, like that will be huge. I've never done anything that big. So if I can do that, then I'll know I'm probably okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, which probably sounds weird, but, uh, and, and all that being said, I did, work with a doctor, heart turned out to be okay. And, and it basically turned out to be, I was having kind of these adrenaline dumps that were just kind of chronic. And, mm. and like I, I was stuck almost in a fight or flight kind of mode, though there wasn't a stimulus to kind of make me think I needed to, to kind of run or get away or anything like that. So, uh, it kind of was that and linked with anxiety. 
uh, which I didn't, I didn't think I had a, you know, I'd been, I've been a pastor like 16 years. So I thought I'm not doing anything different. Like, and I'm not nervous about Mm -hmm. being in front of people. And sure enough, my doctor is like, Hey, why don't you go to the national Institute of health website and uh, type in anxiety and read it. So I printed it out, looked at it and thought, crap, you know, I've highlighted (laughs) 13 things. Maybe I have a problem with this. (laughs) And, uh, and so, yeah, it was it was kind of out of that low, I guess, or, or being rattled that I decided to start running again mm-hmm. and to kind of find some solace in running and and whatnot. So, and has running yeah. helped with that? Oh yeah, totally. Like I, I I would attribute running as probably I don't know thirty or forty percent of helping me kind of manage that. Uh, just because I get time to you know think and wind down, I'm. I'm kind of weird. I'm one of those runners who, like, I don't run with headphones or music. I just kind of run, listen to my body, breathe, uh, and sometimes real heavily (laughs) and sometimes not. But uh, I just love hearing the birds. I love hearing the things around me. And so it's been a big thing. Because, you know, with CrossFit, like, everything was timed. Like, Mm -hmm. hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And you can kind of keep that kind of maniac schedule also just in life and and I think that was kind of the big contributor for me is I wasn't really doing anything for myself, wasn't taking time away. And and what I liked about getting back to running was I was just going to run. And I thought, I'm not going to try to beat anybody. I'm not going to try to get a time. I'm just going to try to find something that I enjoy doing. Uh, and and that's kind of what led me back into it. Well, and, and from what I've I've gathered from my, my one trail running slash ultra experience and, and certainly from talking to, to many folks that, that uh, really enjoy it out on the trails and, and being out there for, you know, all day, if not all day and all night and, and part of the next day as well, um, is that, that that sounds like that's really, um, you know, the, the almost polar opposite of the CrossFit world, where, whereas the running, you know, the road running world. Um, can kind of be into that same everything's everything's t- you know time based time based time based. Sure, sure. The, the the trail culture is so much more just relaxed and chill and just really be out there and and enjoy the time as opposed to stressing about how fast you you might be on that particular day. Right, and, and you know the trail culture also is like so encouraging, and and I, I'm not saying like road runners mm-hmm. aren't encouraging because. Like I didn't dive into like I've probably done I don't know I'm, I'm guessing six or seven marathons. But I didn't really like dive into it too much. And, and trail running was kind of different. You know, it's just a, a different type of culture. And it and it's a very encouraging culture. Like it's competitive, I'm sure, for some people, not so mm-hmm. much for me. But it's like like a lot of runners, right? The average runners like me or the back of the pack guys like me is, you know, you're running maybe just to beat your own time, you know, and, right. and I'm not trying to crush Although I'm like anyone else, I don't mind passing a few people. Uh, and I have been known to like crop people out of a picture at the marathon finish photo thinking, I can't make it look like that person almost beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally bad and sinful on my part. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's been encouraging. So, and, and really like getting to know you and other people on Twitter, like that's what's so refreshing too mm-hmm. is social media nowadays can man it can be in the doldrums it can be negative but what i've found is man all the running people i've connected with it's like boy if you ever want to feel better about life or be encouraged after a bad day or bad run or something like put it out there on some twitter with the running world and man people will just love on you encourage you support you no matter what your pace you know what i mean you could do a 18 minute mile you could do a 
six minute mile and you're going to get the same love. And that's, what's neat to me. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's one of those things. And, and I, we, I've had this conversation with people before where, um, it's, it's so we, we've all had those bad, those bad days. We've all had those bad runs. We've all had the, the times when, when things just don't, you know, it, it, it never seems to go right. You know, if it's not one thing, it's the other as, as, as it relates mm-hmm. to our running and our training, but we don't, we don't tend to lead with that. You know, you don't very often see people posting, posting on their own on social media, like, Hey, check out this run. It was so terrible. But when, when somebody says like, Oh my gosh, like I just need a pickup. Like, like you just said, we can, we've all been there. Even if, we, even sure. if we're not bragging about it, we've all been there. So we can all commiserate. We can all offer insights and, and you know, Hey, this, I tried this and this seemed to help, or maybe, you know, here's a suggestion or, or whatever. And, and you're right. It really is a, a supportive, uh, community within the community that that social media running community is is uh, pretty special and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it for sure 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 and, and you know and i'm one of those that i don't run fast so i run slow enough where you actually get to think you know i mean the, <laughs> right. the people who are running really fast just trying to breathe you know uh you get a lot of time to think when you run as slow as i do certainly certainly so um one, one question that, that uh, as as per usual you you know what i ask one question and it, it leads to about six other questions that i have and and i'll follow up with one of them and and most likely we won't get back to any of the others, but, um, with, with your timeline there with, you ran the, the, the race in New Mexico, the, the ultra there. And then basically, like you said, you took, took about eight years off before coming back to the sport again. Um, what was, what was that like kind of getting, getting back into running for you? Because I know a lot of folks, um, where, where maybe it's, it's, maybe it's not eight years off, but you know, maybe you, you run a race and, and I've been guilty of this. You take, take the next, you know, plan to take a, a couple weeks off to recover. And the next thing you know, it's six months later and you feel like you're starting from scratch when you start running again. Um, was there, was there a, a, a struggle? Was there a, a, a any issues with patience, um, for you? Cause again, I know it's something that I've struggled with. A lot of folks have where, where you, you lose that fitness from not running for a bit and you get back and you're like, I remember when I used to be able to run X and now it's, it's such a struggle. Um, did you, did you deal with any of that in your kind of return back to the sport in the last couple of years? Oh, definitely. Definitely. When I, when I've kind of got back to running, you know, I was, it's funny when you take a, when you take a break from something, right, you come back, but you think you are where you were, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, so when I did marathons and stuff, you know, I ran almost the whole marathon, would walk maybe through the aid stations and whatnot. And so when I kind of came back to running, I thought, okay, I'm just going to do a three mile run and I'm going to run the whole thing and do all that. And, and then I'm going to try a five. And I realized I was like, man, my knees are like, they're about to fall apart. You know, like this is a beating to run this way. And I, I knew I was out of shape a little bit, but you know, sometimes your joints just take a beating. And so it was at that point I thought, okay, look, Tim, if you're going to enjoy this, like you've got to figure out a way, a pace, a path forward that's going to lead you to want to do this, to enjoy doing it, and to be sad if you don't get to do it. And so, at that time, I decided, like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try maybe, you know, kind of an old Galloway method. I'm gonna try running three minutes and walking a minute mm-hmm. and doing that. And so I incorporated some walking. Right. And then you have to overcome like the self-hate talk, you know, (laughs) like you used to, you're a quitter, you know, it doesn't count if you don't run the whole way. And you kind of put that nonsense aside. uh, Although I was guilty of it, like anyone else can be. And, and I thought, man, this is really an enjoyable way to run, you know, and, and I can play with it. You know, if if it's a bad day, I can walk a quarter mile and Mm -hmm. run three quarters of a mile and whatever. And, and so when I was in search of the joy of it versus a pace, it really changed it for me. And at that at that point, I really kind of turned a corner, I think, in my mind in, in ultra uh, in an ultra running mindset, if you will, is 
I, I was comfortable with walking, you know, mm-hmm. and then my first kind of race coming out of uh, that eight year layoff was the Isle de Bois 55 K, uh, in pilot point at Lake Ray Roberts here in Texas. And it was 30 degrees outside. It had been raining all night and rained that whole Saturday and it was single track trail. And so the minute you hit the trail after kind of the start, your shoes and socks were immediately soaked. Mm -hmm. I mean, drenched. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be a beat down today. And it was, it was, (laughs) it was a horrible beat down because I'm a wimp. I hate being cold. So it was cold. It was wet. Your shoes were soaked. And I was like, man, I've got, you know, 32 or 33 miles of this. This is going to be miserable. And it was, and I was excited because that became a definitive run for me because I knew it was a mental beating and I took it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like it was pointless. A lot of times in ultras, you change shoes or socks or something. And like this, it would have been just why? absolutely pointless. Yeah, yeah, it was like, why? Because it's just going to be swamp foot anyway. And so I finished that and certainly not near the top, but at least they were nice enough to leave the finish signs out there. <laughs> and I finished it and, and really kind of something mentally clicked like, OK, I've got the mental game for the 50 miler that I'm aiming for. You know, now I'm I, I still got to work on making sure I'm physically ready, but I'm confident that that the Lord used this weather and this run in a way to kind of just shape me and mold me uh, to have the resolve for the 50 miler. And and sometimes I think that's the thing, too, is that I think every runner looks back and like, OK, that race was big for me. It, it, and it doesn't mean that like you won it or it was your fastest. It, it might just mean, hey, you know, I overcame something in that race that changed me. And, and that's what the. December 2016, Isle de Bois 55K was for me. Uh, and then that was in December leading into February, which was the, the you know, the, the goal race mm-hmm. for the 50 miler. Uh, and, 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 and was able to finish that and, and, and really enjoy it. It wasn't maybe the time I wanted for the 50 miler, but I finished it. And that was my goal was to finish. I didn't have any time goals for that. It was just, hey, get her done and, and do something you've never done before and go through some pain you've never gone through before <laughs> and come out a different person than you've ever been before. And that was kind of my, my approach. Yeah. There's, there's certainly something that I think, you know, again, kind of wherever you are in the spectrum, I, I think we can all relate to that idea of trying a different race distance, trying, you know, pushing yourself to do something that you've never done before, whether it's, it's new mileages and even in training when you're building up to a different distance or, or, you know, the the actual race itself where you go, go longer than you ever have before and and how that really can transform us. Um, when, when did, uh, the hundred mile race, the hundred mile distance come onto your radar as, as, uh, was that already in place before the 50 mile or afterwards? You're like, Hey, I did the 50. Let's, let's, let's double it. Oh no, no. (laughs) When I finished the 50, someone's like, well, you're going to go do the hundred. I'm like, are you crazy? No way. Like I couldn't even walk after the 50 miler. I don't even know how anyone could continue on. So it was a big no at that point. Uh, and then I, you know, I kept running and I did, uh, a piney woods 50 K and Tyler, which was, uh, I was told was sort of flat which it was not and had probably the worst chafing experience of my life. That's when I discovered squirrel nut butter. Uh-oh, yeah. uh, and then uh, my, one of the persons I had met on Twitter that was Jen Kirkpatrick. You had, you had, uh, had her on the podcast earlier. Mm-hmm. And, 
so we started running together and then doing some trail running together. And then she said that she was going to do the Brazos Bend 100. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I'm not, I'd, I've done a 50 miler, but that's all. And I think at that point she hadn't done 50 yet and was getting ready for a 50 as kind of a, a, a run that was part of the training leading up to her 100 miler. And so uh, anyway, I would run with her. We would, we would talk and have fun and talk about running and different things like that. She's kind of just a cool trail sister. And then I thought, you know, I could just do this hundred miler for fun. And, and what I mean by fun, <laughs> what I mean by fun is like, I don't have to have any pressure to like finish it. I'll just take advantage of having aid stations and see how far I can go, you know? And so I kind of went in with this kind of, ah, I'll just kind of go and have some fun. And, and if I feel like stopping at 60 miles, I'll stop at 60 miles, but it'll be farther than my 50 miles. Mm-hmm. And so that was my mindset. And, and that was, Probably the end of, uh, I would say, September, maybe, of, of 2017. And then I would I started kind of training a little bit. And then it kind of got, it dawned on me. It's like, dude, you need to try to finish this thing. <laughs> like, don't just run it for fun. Like, try to finish it. And so, so that's when 60 days out from the race, I decided I was going to run my first 100. <laughs> Uh, and, and my training up to that point was I had done a 50 K in the September of 2017 and the race was going to be in December. Oh Lord. So, uh, yeah, so I kind of did my own programming put some stuff together and, and run walk is a big part of my kind mm. of uh, approach and plan. And like I said, my goal was finished. And so, so yeah, I put in like 188 miles or so in October and then I put in 193 miles in november which which isn't huge to some of those elite people they can probably put those miles in in a week but for me that that was like off the charts high mileage for me uh and then rolled into the 100 miler thinking all right i you know i'm not sure what's going to happen but i'm gonna give it a shot Mm -hmm. so and and then it went you know really awesome the first 50 miles uh but it was like a really cold day and windy and then you know like that damp cold that's Mm. like just chilly gets in your bones it was kind of like that and like i said earlier like i'm a complete puss when it comes to (laughs) cold weather and so like i did awesome the first 50 miles like i i pr'd by like two hours like i think my rocky raccoon was like 13 hours and 11 minutes and then the 50 mile first 50 miles of the hunter was like 11 21 and so i was like man things are going well but then night fell mm-hmm. and i was like oh man you know this is going to be miserable because i'm starting to sweat and then it's freezing and it's getting miserable so i pretty much determined like okay if i can't stay warm i'm gonna drop mm. and and i can't do it. like i have a big like i don't just an insecurity of a DNF for whatever reason. Like mm-hmm. I'm scared to death of it, which causes me also to probably not go as fast as I could. So I need to figure out that one day. But anyway, so I thought, okay, I'm gonna have to walk most of this. Otherwise I'm just going to be, you know, probably hypothermic or something right. like that and drop out. And so, so my second split or whatever was pretty pathetic compared to the first, but <laughs> I finished, you know, and that was my goal was to finish. And, uh, and get the buckle. Right, right. And so, 
so the buckle is what led to kind of the persona of ultra cowboy that Jen gave me that name because gotcha. I bought a cowboy hat after I bought the the belt for the buckle. <laughs> <laughs> Gone well, all country now. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where my my, my head just is is spinning at the idea of doing a hundred mile race, and then and then the idea that you know basically give or take two two months, two and a half months out is when you decided to do it, and and basically start training at that point is even is even more um, where, where the mind kind of spins, uh, at least for me. Um, but, uh, in, in that, well, I guess maybe the, the first question, and it's, it's purely hypothetical because you've done, you've done 100 mile race and this is the only experience you've had, but uh-huh. I, I almost wonder, do you think that maybe that almost could have been a, a blessing in disguise and that it did, it gave you less time to, to fret, to get nervous, to overplan all those types of things. It's like, Hey, I've got, I've got basically two, two months. Um, oh, yeah, know, like, yeah. I agree with you completely, Diz, because I think a couple things. I think I went in it probably a little fresher and not overtrained mm-hmm. like some people might. And on top of that, I, I think I didn't have time to, you know, play all the, the mental games with myself and all that kind of thing. And here's what I kind of learned. So, you know, you can always talk about quantity versus quality. Is what I've come to realize, it, just in my personal opinion, which I could totally be wrong and i'm <laughs> and i'm cool with that i'm wrong all the time but uh is i think the most undertrained element for ultra runners is the mental training element mm. and so and what i mean by that is it's not just miles it's it's going out on days that the wind is 30 miles an hour and it's 25 degrees out and the last thing you want to do is run but you go and run and you take the beating because you need the mental training. And mm-hmm. like I was talking about the Isle de Bois was such a beatdown. Like that was something I drew upon and it was a difficult training run. And I think a lot. So and I'm trying to say is I think you need to plan difficulty and plan things that aren't good. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of weather wise and what you'd prefer and and maybe not feeling the best. And so I always took those as opportunities of like, OK, I could stay in bed and not do anything or I could be miserable. But if I survive, it will be a notch on the belt. And so so I think what helped me tremendously was was the mental uh, intentionally training for mental beatings and mental toughness, if you will, because I think in my opinion, like. That's, I, I think any marathoner could probably do it almost immediately, kind of physically speaking. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's the mental preparation, and, and you'll 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 either break or you won't, or you'll break and and, and know, hey, I broke before, but I've recovered, even in the same race. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you kind of have to have those those broken experiences in your life, in my mind, and in running, if you're going to. De- develop the resolve to, to do something great and, and, and big. Yeah. The, the, the mental piece is, uh, as, as everyone who listens to the show regularly knows is, is a, is a, a piece that I'm still working on, on building up. And, um, I, I, I love the idea of, of, you know, race day is not always going to happen when it's, when it's perfect weather conditions out. Like you have to, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is an, an element of, you know, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, whether it's windy, whether it's raining, whatever it is, you know, as long as it's safe, don't, don't do anything foolish, but sure, sure. Go out there and and that's always crazy about this is, is like, 
It was the first time in 30 years it had snowed in the Brazos Bend area in Texas, you know. And and the funny thing was, is like, you know, any runner kind of, I'm not, like, I, I think my wife wishes I was more OCD, <laughs> but I'm really only OCD with running in, in terms of planning for a race and, you know, do I have everything, whatnot. And, and I had planned for everything in Brazos Bend except damp cold. Mm. And I and I, I'm not kidding you. Like on the on the first loop of six, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to overcome this mentally with this being this freaking cold, you know. <laughs> and and so like Tim, I'm like, how could you possibly be talking about a, a quitting and DNFing on the first loop? <laughs> you know, like you were in trouble, bro. <laughs> and and then kind of. I, I kind of worked my way through it, but it was kind of funny. It's like I planned for 99 things, and the one thing I didn't really think about or give a whole lot of attention to was the thing that came up and, and hit me in the mouth mm-hmm. on loop one on Brazos Bend, you know. And But like I said, you know, I thought, okay, I've made it through other times that weren't fun, you know, and whether that be real-life issues or running experiences and but. All right, let's press on mm-hmm. one one foot in front of the other, you know. And, and so, was that really the 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 thing mentally that, that kept you going? Was just was just drawing back on those past experiences? Like I said, it's an area that I struggle with, and I always love to to get new suggestions, you know, to help me, and obviously to help those that are listening as well. Um, you know, was there anything else, or was that really just like I've done I've done X, I've done Y, I've I've been out there and struggled, and, and I I know I can keep going because, like you said, lap one of a hundred mile race like that's that's not the time that you want to be struggling mentally like like you know you're no, expecting it no. at, at four or five maybe the the sixth lap you know at some point in there but certainly not in the first half of the race sure well and it's kind of one of those weird things too is like i th- i've had this and you've probably had this too Diz, and runs is there, there's times that you focus on something that's not like pleasant and then all of a sudden you realize oh i've done 34 mm-hmm. miles and not thought about my legs mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that they feel fine. Yeah. Certainly. And so, so it's kind of like, Oh, well, you know, maybe being cold wasn't so bad because <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the other stuff that I normally whine about, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think there's the past experience you draw upon. And then I also just think like my mindset was, I've got to finish this. You know, I've, I've put in well, 60 days <laughs> i've i've put in some training uh, i want to finish it and so it never really kind of crossed my mind that i wasn't going to finish it was just because my whole approach for the first part of the the race the first 50 was time in the bank right so mm-hmm. if if the wheels come off on the back end for whatever reason i've got time in the bank you know like i can i can almost shuffle a 25 minute mile and if i give myself that much extra time i can probably in about any condition finish unless they have to like medically pull me off <laughs> right uh, the, the course you know and so I, I think it was just that kind of resolve and, and probably some deep-seated i'm sure i could sit on a couch and go freud on it and mm-hmm. think of you know deep-seated insecurity of not finishing and and and, and what comes with that or something. Uh, but, but I might try to tackle that demon too. You know, I, I, for whatever reason, you know, when I got rattled with this thing physically with anxiety and the adrenaline and all that stuff that just kind of changed my life and, and turned it around a little bit and just realized anxiety is a real thing and, mm-hmm. and I can control it is, uh, you know, I just realized that there's a lot of 
a, a tough things in life that you face, that you go through, uh, and, and all of them will kind of shape you and mold you in some way. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of what I was hoping would happen with, with this kind of experience. But. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So, um, do you think you're going to do another hundred, hundred miler at some point? Not, not, not pushing you anytime soon, but, uh, you know, is, is it, uh, uh, something that, that's still on the list? Yeah, I haven't signed up one for one yet. Jen keeps trying to get me to maybe <laughs> think about one. Uh, but what I think I'm going to try to do is tackle the demon of like my own insecurities. Mm-hmm. And cause the one area that I never failed was like maybe some physical stuff. And I don't mean like I excelled. I just was able to play soccer and, and that kind of stuff. And so I think what I'm going to try to do is, you know, maybe not worry so much. And I have a, a Zion Ultra coming up in, in Virgin, Utah, uh, outside of Zion National Park. It's a 50K. And I thought, you know, maybe I might just go hard on this mm-hmm. one and not worry about what happens if I bonk mm-hmm. and don't finish, you know. And so I'm debating and tinkering with kind of maybe challenging myself there. But I would probably do 100 again. But if I did, I would certainly have a crew. Mm. you know, which I did not have though. Jen had some friends, Carmen and Brad that were super nice and, uh, they'll, they were solely dedicated to her, but like helped me a couple times with maybe giving me some water or moving mm-hmm. my, my bib to another pair of shorts or something like that. But, uh, so I wouldn't advise doing a hundred miler without anybody there. I mean, I just had all my gear stuffed under a tent and <laughs> when I came around on a loop, that's what I would, you know, change if I needed to. Right. So, It'd probably be good to have somebody or a pacer or something along those lines. But uh, like I said, I've done hours alone with no headphones. So, I mean, I was I was OK with it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and I kind of use that even as, you know, like something to challenge myself, like keep going, man. You're doing it all, on you know, solo and, and whatnot. So, yeah, that's certainly, um, you know, it, it adds a, a layer, but it also gives you, you know, you're talking about drawing on past experiences. It's one more thing, you know, if the next time sure. you're in a race where you're struggling, it's like, well, I did a, I did a hundred mile without a crew. So, you know, I can do this, this, you know, this Zion 50 K and push hard, you know, it's just, it's just one more, sure. one more bit you can draw on. Yeah. And I'm a little nervous about that. Cause we can't, we don't have a lot of climbing here and there's like a mm. 3,500 which I know is not much compared to some other mountain races and whatnot, but for, for living in these parts, it's a lot because I went out with Jen, uh, last Friday and it took us like eight miles to get a thousand feet, (laughs) you know? So it's like, there's not a whole lot of steep, steep stuff that, Mm -hmm. that we can do. Like if you watch Jamil and run steep, you know, like he can just go right out the door and get 3,500 feet, you know? Well, and and yeah, you're talking to the guy in Florida who has to run, you know, overpasses to, to get, uh, any hill training. So I, yeah. <laughs> I, I can, I can, uh, I can, I can, uh, feel what your, what your struggle is right there real, real well. Well, speaking of Florida at Brazos, there were alligators, yeah. but you know, that's, that's it was just, so cold though. They didn't move. Yeah. They, they, they were, they weren't, but, uh, they, they did not care about any runners. Going no, by at that point. no, not at all. Oh goodness. Yeah. That's, that's always fun when I go out on the trails here and, and, you know, there's no trails in Florida that aren't also swamp at the same time. So yeah, it's, it's always, uh, you know, looking out for, for how big your eyes you open. See. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, so so one, one thing that you mentioned um, way back when that, like I said, sometimes I can circle back to these things and sometimes I can't, but I'd, I'd be curious to know um, with, with the CrossFit experience that you had, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the areas that a lot of runners struggle with that, that I harp on 
almost incessantly is the the need for for some strength training. You don't have to be a bodybuilder, sure, sure. But, but the value of strength training. Um, can, can you uh, see a difference in yourself now with with the cross training experience in the middle? Do, do you still do much for cross training or strength training, or or how, how does that component tie into your running now? Um, you know, with with where you are. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good point. Is I think it's uh, I think strength training is important. Uh, after I finished Brazos Bend, I kind of took a break from, you know, I wasn't running a whole lot and I certainly wasn't lifting a whole lot. And just probably in the last month or so, I've kind of Tuesdays and Thursdays added some, some strength training back into my routine. Cause I realized I needed to get my kind of core stronger and my back and lower back and, and those sorts of things. And so, uh, so I slowly started getting back into some, like some squatting, some upper body stuff, some, some core work, that kind of thing. And I think it's invaluable in, in my mind to, to having longevity in your running and pleasure, you know, like mm-hmm. your, your body can sustain a beating a little bit longer, uh, with strength training. And, and for those who are concerned with speed, I think it's probably a, you probably know more of it than I do, but I think, I think it's a crucial part too for developing speed. Uh, for people who are interested in that, although your strength training probably looks a little bit different, but uh, yeah, so mine's just kind of general fitness now. I I do it at the CrossFit box, so like we started one at our church, like a CrossFit box, and so I I do work out there, and that's where I lift. But I'm not currently doing CrossFit. I'm just doing the weights, weights and strength training. Though I did leading up to the 50 miler, I was CrossFitting and training, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff without missing a beat. And, and can, can you, I mean, there's probably no way to say for sure, but, but do you feel like that really helped you in, in that for that race? Oh, sure. Sure. Cause I, I would just listen to people I ran with or, you know, where the body was breaking down or mm-hmm. what was hurting. And, and, and I think whether it's shoulders or arms or core or lower back and that kind of stuff, I think, I didn't face some of those same issues largely because I had been doing strength training, you know? Right. Uh, and, and another thing that I had to work on too was flexibility, you know, mm. mobility. And that's the thing that's big part of CrossFit is, you know, mobility and rolling out and that kind of stuff. Mm. So that all kind of played a part, I think, in helping me be better prepared physically and, and mentally, of course, from CrossFit, because those are beatdowns also. <laughs> uh, you know, it helped me be prepared in that way too. And so I would, I would say without a doubt, yeah, if, if you don't have strength as part of your, your running and, and training, I would certainly consider adding it. And if you need to just add it slowly mm-hmm. two days a week and, and see how you, you know, let, let a person, which I'm sure you do as a coach is let them judge for themselves, you know, right. like tell me how you feel after, you know, two months of strength training doing a 10 K versus the 10 K without any of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, certainly, um, like you said, getting faster, not breaking down. There's, there's so many benefits to it. And, and just for life too. I mean, shoot, like, like, you know, not, not too many, nobody that I'm working with and not too many people that listen to the show, um, are the type of folks where, where running is the, 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 the livelihood, you know, we all have other things going on. We have families, we have responsibilities, we all have all kinds of other things. And so just, just being all around healthy, you know, a little, a little bit of strength training does, does go a long way. So make it. Yeah. Cause you know, you you need bone density, you know, as you age, you know, (laughs) right. You need to be able to get up from the floor to live independently and you need thicker bones. And and I think as you age, you, you need more strength training, right. Than you do Mm -hmm. cardio. Yeah. uh, Because you need, 
more bone density. Yeah, and and, and you know, and you, you want to pick up your kids, you want to pick up your grandkids, you want you want to sure. you know, like like there's just so many reasons that it's you know, again, you don't need to turn into a bodybuilder, and, and you're not going to turn into a bodybuilder by accident. Like let's not let's not forget sure. that. Like there's there's certain things you have to do strength wise to to pack on that kind of size, and and just doing general strength training a couple times a week or even focused strength training a couple times a week, like it's not going to, it's not going to impact you in a negative way as, as a runner. So make it part of your no, life, make it no. part of your routine. Yeah, for sure. I agree with hundred percent. Good deal. Good deal. I just, I wanted to, to touch on that. Cause like I said, it's, it's uh, something that, that I I've harped on it probably to the point where people tune me out, but it's always nice to get a different voice and it's in a different perspective and, and just the, you know, your experience to, to share it and hopefully maybe rattle through somebody's brain a little bit better than, than my voice that, drones on on the same topic all the time. So thank you for sharing that, Tim. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. So uh, as, as we're getting to that point of, of starting to wrap things up, um, one thing that I'd be, be curious about, and, and we can go into it as much as you want or, or as little bit as you, as you want, totally fine. We'll, we'll kind of make this the, the philosophical question, although I don't know that I have a specific real good question, but, but we'll kind of wrap it up with this. You know, you've, you've mentioned your faith a few times and, and the fact that you, you know, you're a pastor. You've you, you kind of come up a, a, few, a few points along the way. Um, I would just just be curious to to find out, um, you know, how does how does how do you do do you feel? Although I'm going to assume that you probably do, but do you feel that that running and, and your faith how how do those how do those things kind of go together? Um, you know, just I'm, I'm going to leave it very open ended and let you kind of take it and run with it whichever way you want to go. But, but sure, how, how do you how do you merge or how do you find that the merger between your 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 faith and and your running? Well, for me, running the say the hundred miler. Uh, you know, my, my faith believes that, that God made me, created me and gave me all the things that I have, my, my senses, my eyes and kind of first article, Apostles Creed kind of stuff. And so I always look at it like I'm kind of playing in the first article world with, with God as creator and me as a creature and, and the legs and everything I have being a gift from him. And so I really find great joy in seeing what he has enabled me and and all the others he's made to be able to do, which is far more than we think. Mm. You know, I think that's kind of the cool thing is, is our body is capable of so much more than we would realize. And I give, you know, kind of glory to God for, for how he's made us and, and the joy of being one of the people in the world who's been able to discover, wow, he's made some crazy limits on this, this body of ours. And so, but, but it also plays a role like, for me, it's a balance kind of thing. And so like my job can be pretty stressful as a pastor in situations that you deal with and just mm-hmm. people, right. It's like anything else, like love and hate, mm-hmm. you know, that there's aspects to it. And I'm kind of a weird guy or weird. Well, most pastors are weird, but uh, <laughs> my father-in-law like, is a pastor. So I'm, I, yeah, I I'm like, I love Jesus, one. but I cuss a lot. Like that's me. <laughs> and so sometimes they're like, what? You're a pastor. No way. And it, that's usually not a good thing when they mm-hmm. question that on me. But uh, so running for me makes me vocationally a better pastor, a better husband, a better father. And I'll notice that those vocations suffer when I'm not running. You know, I've always looked at like the the, the joy of executing a training plan. Uh, you have to exercise the verb discipline to ever achieve the noun discipline, if you will, that might be a weird way to say it, but, uh, I'm more disciplined in my life and, and the areas of my life and less stressed when I'm running. And so I look at, uh, kind of faith and running is it's just a great gift. God's given. I hope I can do it till, um, well, if I live to be 80, who knows I smoke cigars, so I might not, <laughs> but, uh, 
if I'm able to, I hope I'm going to be able to keep moving, keep getting out on a beautiful world that, that God's made for us to enjoy and uh, the wonderful people God's made for me to enjoy and get to know. Whether they're believers or not, they're, there's so many wonderful people out there that I'm excited about meeting and seeing and running with. And and so it plays a vital role for me, and, and I, I treat it as a gift, and, and sometimes I try to make sure I'm not idolizing the gift, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, thinking, oh, my gosh, if I were in an accident and I couldn't run, how would I handle that faith-wise, psyche-wise, and would I be a crappy husband, would I be a crappy father if, if that were to happen? And so uh, I hope it's not an idol. I hope I treat it as a gift, and I hope I can be a good steward of it. And and I pray. You never know what, what the future holds, but I pray the Lord permits me to to be able to keep moving into my older years. Mm. Yeah, certainly uh, I, I uh, have, have had that prayer a few times myself, so I, I can I can relate. But uh, I, I, like I said, it didn't have a, a, a specific uh, kind of philosophical question, but I think that was, that, sure. that was a great way to kind of wrap things up. So I, I appreciate that, Tim. Yeah, thank you, Diz. Uh, certainly. And, and once again, guys, uh, on the Twitters, at UpInOut, U-P-I-N-O-U-T, is uh, the place to, to connect with Tim and, and follow along and with him. And I have some stuff, too, on YouTube. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Just, you, you would have to type in Tim Radke and, and do the search because I don't have enough followers to have a channel. <laughs> so, uh, But there's like if you wanted to see the final loop of Brazos Spin 100 or something like that, you'll see my my mental frame of mind at the end of the race right, <laughs> for right. the last loop. And, and it's also, it's linked in your Twitter, Twitter bio is the link to your YouTube oh, channel. Oh, I think so. so yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you, if you, if you're, you know, if, if you're on the go, just connect with them on Twitter and, and we'll have the link there in, in the YouTube and we'll also link it in the show notes again. Um, disruns.com slash five, four, eight. If you want to check out, uh, Tim's YouTube channel, it's, it's another thing in the, in the, uh, Twitter bio that I didn't mention, but the, the amateur YouTuber, I, I, I love it. And, and, uh, yes, that's, yes. it's fun to, fun to play with for sure. Just totally a hack, but I have fun. That's hey, that's that's the name of the game. So, and, and that's what I'm doing too. You know, I've been hacking it for 500 and something episodes on the podcast now, and, and just having fun along the way. So, well, you're uh, doing great, great hacking work. You're oh, doing good. Well, well, thank you're you, sir. Gifted. Appreciate it, um, yep. guys. Guys, once again, uh, disruns.com/slash/five four eight for all the links. Uh, Tim, thanks for the time, and uh, certainly looking forward to uh, to staying in touch, following along. But uh, nothing but the best going forward, my friend. All right, thank you. You too. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Tim and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was something that we talked about today that uh, was a little bit of a takeaway for you? Uh, for me, one of the things that, that uh, Tim mentioned was the idea of having those races that you can dial, you can look back on, and maybe you know use as uh, a source of inspiration or a source source of uh, you know something like, hey, I did I did this, I did this race, so I can do this one, and that really stood out to me both in the way that that, that we talked about in the episode, and also in the way of you know looking back at some of your successful races. You know, we we talked about Tim talked about having those those races that are are just suffer fests or where things didn't go well, but you persevered and you you pressed forward and you made it through, and you can use that to to bring you strength. Um, you know, when, when you're having another bad day or when, when the race conditions don't look good or when you question whether a goal might be possible. But I think there's another way you can look at it. And, and that is to look at some of your past accomplishments, the past, the the days that you set PRs, the days that you had a plan and you executed it and you stuck to it, the days that you had, um, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, just a successful day of training, a successful day of racing. And, and we can use those as, as reminders that, you know, the hard work pays off. Um, because I think too often, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to point to the negatives. It's easy to point to the bad days. And hopefully 
you know, with your training, you're having more good days than bad. Um, but, but it's so easy, you know, those, those, those bad days, those rough races, those, those hard experiences, um, maybe those experiences that you gave up, I feel like they stick in, in, at least they stick in my craw more than the good days. So having, having that opportunity, having taken the opportunity, maybe that's the better way of saying it, taking the opportunity to look back and go, oh, and remember that one day that I did this, that I, that I ran the tangents perfectly, that, um, that, that I set the PR and not just set it, but I blew it out of the water that, um, I had a, a strategy and I executed it. whatever it is, those, those good days, those positive days. Um, don't be afraid to, to draw on those once in a while as well and really use those to, um, you know, keep you going, especially if you're in a little bit of a rough patch and we all have those rough patches. Don't, 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 uh, don't think that that isn't the situation that all of us go through. We, we certainly all do. Um, and remember those good times, remember the, the, the times that the runs go well, the races go well. Maybe that's another thing that can kind of help you uh, to keep going and, and keep putting that one foot in front of the other. And eventually you get out of the, the rough patch and things start to go well again. So that was that was my takeaway, um, you know, kind of half and half from uh, both from what was said and what was unsaid during the episode. But what about you? Always, always love to hear from you guys and, and find out what, what the takeaways were, what stood out to you from the episode. Uh, let me know on the Twitter at Dizruns, email Dizruns at gmail.com. And you can always head over to show notes for this episode or any episode and leave your comments, feedback, takeaways there as well. Uh, and for this episode, we're looking at disruns.com slash five, four, eight. And, uh, again, just love to hear what you have to say. So that is, uh, about it for today. Once again, disruns.com slash coaching for all the information about the code the one-to-one coaching, just getting a training plan, uh, just even a consult call. Shoot. All those options are available and on the table. Um, and, and again, details about just coaching in general or my philosophy on coaching in general disruns.com slash coaching and let me know whatever questions you might have if, if you're in the market free agent looking for a first-time coach or maybe looking to, to try something different um, let me know and and we'll talk and we'll find out if we're a good fit because believe it or not my, my style of coaching isn't the right fit for every style of runner out there so um, sometimes you gotta say hey thanks for reaching out but uh i don't think we're gonna be a good match and that's okay so let me know what questions you have let's let's have a little back and forth and find out if we might be the right ma- right match for each other and if so, we can go forward at that point. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. I, I certainly enjoyed bringing them to you and, and uh, hope you'll continue to listen. All right. So uh, until next time, please be well, take good care, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. See you guys.